Hi, I'm Nayland, and you are listening to the Massacast, a podcast for people 18 years of age and older. Hi, and uh, thanks for downloading another episode. So uh, if you like what you hear, if you like the podcast, I would uh, humbly suggest that you donate by going to massacast.com. Click on the donate button and it'll take you to PayPal. It's all. Uh, before we get into this episode, I got to say, you, you've heard Sinclair on the show. Um, if this is your first time listening, I'd suggest you go back and listen to as many episodes as you can. But Sinclair, um, earlier this year, was on the show and talking about uh, Submissive Playground, um, submissiveplayground.com. Uh, and it was such a success that um, Sinclair's doing it again. So this is uh, number two. It's a, a, oh, I'm, reading, I'm reading verbatim here. Because uh, uh, Sinclair can say exactly what it is better than I can. It's an online course with five live phone calls, eight weeks of creativity, eight weeks of creative, sexy explorations. I can't say that very well. Uh, four learning modules in bondage, discipline, service, masochism, all with the goals to take your submission deeper. Really, I mean, I've seen what Sinclair did the first time. It was really impressive. And I'm sure this is going to be even better the second time around. Um, so you can go to submissiveplayground.com. This is not a paid advertisement. Uh, just want to help Sinclair out, and it's also a great resource for people. Um, you can find more details on massacast.com as well if you forgot to write that down. Uh, so this episode, um, I'm actually recording this uh, about four, five days before you're hearing it. So uh, by the time you're hearing this, uh, Sod and I are married. I can't believe it either. Then again, I'm recording this ahead of time. I could be jinxing it. So she still has, you know, four days to back out. Um, but what you're about to hear is um, a conversation she and I had a few, a couple months ago. Uh, thanks to people like yourselves who um, emailed questions for her. Um, so yeah, on our wedding weekend, it's a, an episode of Sod. Hope you enjoy it. It's, it's weird because uh, I was... I actually made a blog post about this. This is probably the nerdiest thing anyone could ever say. Um, about how it's actually harder to interview you because I know so much about you, right? It makes sense to me. Well, when, when I sit down with someone who I don't know, there's all these questions. Mm-hmm. But if I know, and if the, the better I know them, the actually the hardest it is, unless I have specific things that I know I want to talk about. I think there's a, a happy medium between not knowing someone at all and having questions that are inherent to that and then knowing someone kind of well and having a whole new wealth of questions to ask them and then knowing somebody incredibly well and just being like, I, I don't know what to say. Right. <laughs> well, and it's not that I don't know what to say. It's that I know the answer beforehand. I guarantee there's a gazillion things that I could ask you, but it, it doesn't pop in my mind to ask you because I know the answer already, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why this for this episode, I asked friends, uh, I tweeted, I blogged, and we had a lot of people who, who asked questions. But there are a few things that I know uh, I want to ask you about. When this airs, it'll be either just before or one day before we get married. That's, I believe, if my math is correct, it'll be that soon. As we're recording this, we're about a little about a month and a half, a little under month and a half before we get hitched. Um, which one thing that surprised me is number one is just how much shit we do, 
And then I don't know how people who, I don't know how people plan a wedding nor, under normal circumstances because we're actually not doing it in New York. We're doing a destination wedding because it was cheaper. And you don't have to say because it was cheaper. Okay. Well, it was a better option for us. Well, because it was $10,000 just for the place here, right? Well, there's that, but if we could have afforded it, we would have had it here. I don't know that anybody could have convinced me to do that. So here I've been telling people that we were doing it because it's much it's much more economical to get married. Uh, well, I consider that to be the the biggest benefit of the fact that we're actually having a wedding. But it also stems from the fact that uh, I don't want a 350-person wedding. Right. And I don't want receptions multiple receptions and choosing of vendors and i'm not particularly interested in the wedding ceremony at all well, and so not only is it better that it's significantly cheaper practically half price in the caribbean right i also have a very very small guest list right well so we should back up a little bit so when we got hitched we were gonna we we thought oh we'll just do a courthouse and then we'll we'll was two good friends of ours got married in this loft apartment here and uh, I said hey can I get the number for the loft apartment because they just did a courthouse and then loft afterwards we thought that's perfect because you know it could fit you know if we wanted we could have a couple hundred people at our wedding right easily easily that sounds like a humble brag we've got a lot of people who love us well when you get married where you live or where your family lives or whatever then you end up with loads of periphery people there right you know and they're not even necessarily people that are on your periphery they're on everybody else's periphery so i call i call the place up and i say how much for one night we're thinking of just doing that he goes yeah that'll be ten thousand dollars uh to which the joke then is i said no i just want i don't want it for a month i just want it for a night and no it was ten thousand dollars for one night and we found that if we did a destination wedding to win you know your family and my family would be flying into New York anyway, right? It was cheaper for us to do that and then actually pass the expense on to our friends in New York who... But anyway, um, we yet we're doing this really small wedding and yet there's still so much planning involved with it. It's really crazy. But Is it crazy? I think... Is it really crazy? <laughs> I think... But something you, you mentioned that you said you don't really care about the ceremony. That sounds if someone if someone was just kind of walking in on the conversation, that might be taken a little harsh. What do you mean by I that? care about it because it's happening, but that was never my idea. That yeah. was never my fantasy. What was your fantasy? I never thought I'd get married in the first place. So <laughs> oh. I can't say that I really had one. My backup fantasy was, well, in case I ever do, we should do a scuba wedding on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> I don't think you've ever told me this. Is it because it's just so outlandish that there's no way you'd even mention it? I saw a picture of it once, and I was like, that's fantastic. How am I just finding out now that you want a scuba wedding? Because you have difficulty with your ears adjusting to pressure, and so you can't sit at the bottom of the ocean? Yeah, that could be it, too. Uh, And I knew that before I decided to marry you. Well, that's good, I guess. Um... What do you mean? I mean, you just never imagined getting married for what reason? What, what, why is that? Um, probably has a large part to do with the fact that my dad always told me never to get married. 
whatever you do, sweetheart, don't get married, and don't have kids. Okay, thanks, Dad. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but thanks for the <laughs> kids thanks are the, the worst. <laughs> Let me tell you something, daughter of mine. Kids are the worst. Yeah. Well, I, and I do I do want to talk about kids, but but um, what changed your mind then? I mean, if I mean, because we've got a good thing going already, right? I mean, we've been together mm-hmm. five years. Other than the fact that I asked you, why are you why why get married? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, this is a great question. I mean, so I don't really have an answer. But we've talked about getting married before. I asked you. Uh, yeah, but that idea kind of became planted pretty firmly around the four month mark of our relationship of actually being in a relationship relationship a relationship that, that, <laughs> relationship that, that relationship continued relationship. to marriage is that what you mean um that progressed past mistress and slave yeah we, to... I, we've got some listener and friend questions regarding that but i want to do back up a little bit so so are you glad you're getting married yes <laughs> wow <laughs> Oh my God, that was a long delay. Do you want to get married to me? Yes, I do. Okay, but what? <laughs> so I guess the question is: Is why do you want to get married instead of just keep doing what we're doing? I, I mean, I know why. I think for me, it just feels right. I mean, I want to experience as many different things with you, and that includes being married to you and having a wedding with you. I like the idea of being married to you. I mean, the way the world is right now, I'm not sure that there's any special benefit to it. No. I mean, it's right. not required. You know, there's nothing against cohabitating. You know, nobody's going to stone us for right. having sex before marriage. Right. And yeah, it's like not a real tax win or anything. No, and so I mean, on paper, and we're non-religious, right. so it doesn't matter as far as the eyes of the Lord are concerned. <laughs> Well, I mean, technically, I have no idea why, why, as far as society is concerned, this interests me. But I guess I decided for myself that if I was going to get married, I wanted it to be to you. That's awesome. The, the I'm relieved to hear that because this conversation could have gone anywhere. You know, I'm not. I gotta rethink this whole wedding thing with you. The, well, there's no real benefit to marrying you. Well, there is. There are several. I have extremely <laughs> shitty insurance that you can now partake in, right? That's one. Why? I have my own through school. Yeah, but you, you, this is an additional layer of shitty insurance that you can you Ooh. can get. Um, Double shitty insurance. Yeah. So where does that put me? Still shitty insurance. <laughs> yeah. Shitty times two. But, but that's the, you know, you're absolutely right because that's, you know, nothing is really going to change. But again, for me... It's a matter of, I want to be able to experience that with you. I don't think our relationship is going to be different. No, I'm not even changing my name. Right. I mean, I'm, I still want you to change your name. So that would change. Now, this is where I guarantee people are going to be like, well, you're the slave. Of course, you've got to change your name. Why wouldn't you change your name? And it's not that I won't change my name. It's that I really don't want to change my name. <laughs> The same reason why you don't want to change your name, right? I mean, you probably don't want to change your name because that's who you are, right? Well, my name's already part of a brand. Well, we can't really talk about your name. We don't want to. Oh, oh, your your scene name, you mean? All my names. Right. But 
I'll be I'll be more than happy to change my name to Axe Sod in the scene. <laughs> Sod's Axe. Uh, Axe makes me. much more sense. Right, right. Axe me. <laughs> Something that has, we've kind of been talking about for probably about a year about is the fact that uh, you wanted me to get my nipples pierced. It's been over a year. But we've talked. We've been talking about what I'm about to mention now is the fact that we're we're having a wedding in you know on a beach basically mm-hmm. and um I, I i do not want to have a conversation with my family that involves me explaining nipple piercings and why i have them right and but why you have them is such an easy answer no it's you say, it, it is the wife likes it right i do what the wife tells sure, me. sure yes you're, you're absolutely right that's an easy answer if it was going to end at that point then you'd be absolutely correct, and that would be that would be it, right? But the problem is, it wouldn't end at that point. There would be more, and it would be continuous, and uh, that's why I've been like, okay, I just won't take my shirt off. What right? is this more and continuous? You're so afraid of. I do not want to have to be. I don't want to be. I, I don't want to be in a position where I go. See, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I kind of want to know what you're talking about. Uh, because no, because it would be just so uncomfortable, and it would be just. But but basically what it means is like, so why? Really? What, so you got that? What? I can't believe. And then it just continuously comes up. And it's it would, the same answer. But it, The wife likes it. Yes. But again, does not matter. It, it, it's, I'm, I'm not saying I should take them out while we're on our wedding. I'm saying I, I, would, I would prefer it if whenever like, hey, we're going to go down to the beach and we're going to go swimming in the ocean. I'd go, okay, let me go back to our room for a second. I'll take these out briefly. We'll go swim. We'll do whatever. I'll put them back in afterwards. And and then it's like seven or eight hours in between putting them in and not. That's fine. (laughs) I mean, they're not going to close up up in seven hours. And if they do, you get the enjoyment of of putting them back in. But uh, again, I'm perfectly happy. This is how I do like a, 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 you know, it's a it's a win win, I guess. I. We'll keep them in so you're happy, but I'll also never take my shirt off while we're on the beach. And that's that's sort of the solution. Don't you think? I mean, is that... No, I don't think that wearing a shirt that's wet... How is it going to get wet? When I drag your ass into the ocean. Oh. You're wearing them to make me happy, but they were never your choice. Well, I think it was be- that between that... And like uh, the Prince Albert or something is basically the choice you gave me, right? Oh, I haven't given up on the Prince Albert. Well, at the time I said that the choices were. <laughs> no, at the time you said, please don't make me do all this at once. Right. And then you tried to convince me that a fair trade for the Prince Albert would be for you to get pierced right after I give birth to our first child. Yes. And I said, that's bullshit. That's not an even trade. I make life and you get your dick pierced. Not an even trade. Well, first of all, we'd be making life. It's not like you're doing it alone, right? After the first five minutes, I am doing it alone. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, <laughs> five minutes. Right. Um, there are some issues, though, I think that would stem from getting a Prince Albert that would maybe not be to your benefit. I didn't say I want you to keep it forever. That's just... Fucking a guy with Prince Albert is something that I need to experience before I die. Well, Either can, you can be a part of that or you cannot be a part of that. Well, I can definitely be a part of that. But what I'm saying is, is that the problem is, is you you really enjoy uh, a certain level of uh, 
sperm re release. <laughs> you like it when I come a, a lot, right? And if there's a, an extra hole there, th doesn't that like screw up the, doesn't that screw the up? The sperm count? No. No, not no, the count, doesn't. the disbursement. Doesn't that screw up the disbursement? Out. Yes, but like in different areas and it's not, <laughs> no? Isn't it like one of those think, garden hoses that. I think maybe we should watch some porn. Mm, I don't know. There's got to be some jerk-off porn of a guy with a Prince Albert. I, there's probably some jerk-off porn of everything, if, if you, if you want to find it. But um, So what is the appeal of having sex with a Prince of a... I mean, what's the... I don't know. It's just something I haven't done before. Do you think you'd actually... I used to have it on my list to make out with a guy with braces. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> what... Why would you have that? Why, why, why would you have this on the list? Note to self, make out with a guy with braces. Really? How old were you at the time? I uh, well, went on the list around age, I don't know, maybe 11 or 13. Was it a rubber band thing? What was, why, why? Because I was just curious what the experience would be like. And what was the experience like? It was very different than kissing a mouth without braces. Like what? I mean, like I mean, I, but um, why would this go on a, a list? Is what I'm saying. Is it was <laughs> the things to experience, right? Um, because I was curious. That's thus it goes on a list. I guess. I've never had braces. Was it something so that, about it's? It's probably about as close as I'm going to get to knowing it's like to have the feel of braces under my lips. So when you when you did it. Were you like, oh, this is interesting. I want to experience this again. Or were you like, all right, well, that's over with. Well, I only kissed him be because he had braces. Oh, that's so. horrible. <laughs> You'd be the first woman to ever do so, probably. <laughs> Hard to say. Was he like, thank you. That was wonderful. <laughs> Not that nerdy. No? No. And he was too old to have his voice cracked. What else was on your list? Do you remember? Um... Tongue ring, experienced various things promised by a tongue ring. Did that. What, is it any better? No. I wouldn't think it would be. I think it would probably get it in the way. I felt it was, I, let me just say, I didn't particularly care for the sensation of kissing a tongue ring. And I didn't find that it helped with my sexual pleasure in any particular way, not in a measurable way. So it's something I could take or leave, probably more likely to leave. Uh, I felt, I found the same to be true with uh, like tongue piercings with women and like blowjobs and stuff. It always seemed like, I don't know, like something was getting in the way and it didn't, I didn't notice any difference in feel, you know, it wasn't like, Oh wow! There's a big chunk of metal scraping up against my junk. It wasn't like woohoo. I, I I just maybe I don't know. Maybe the appeal of tongue piercings had more to do with the social connotations of the type of person that would have a tongue ring. The idea being that they're generally better in bed and more experienced. Right? Isn't the whole point? I mean, do you know anyone who gets a tongue piercing? Um, Without the idea of being, well, this is for the sex. Isn't that sort of like a given? Even the virgins with tongue rings that I knew were all about, yeah, they're going to like it when I go down on right. it. Right. So it's like, <laughs> no, I don't think anyone 
Well, I mean, of course, there's, I guarantee there's someone who's not in this camp, but when you do that, aren't you basically saying, I like to give head? Or this is to make you think I like to give head. Maybe that's an overgeneralization, but, and maybe we're being coerced by cultural norms, but yeah, yeah that's kind of my first thought, you know, I'd, unless they're going for some other type of body mod where eventually they want to split their tongue so that they can be like snake man or whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah, generally when I see a tongue ring, I think oral sex. Yeah. But yeah, I've noticed you've never asked me to get one. Uh, no, you satisfy my needs by having the little soul patch that tickles my bunghole. This is good gravy. Bung is not, I don't like the word bung. That's allowed. But do um, you prefer the word bung? Oh, I like the entire vocabulary for S. But bung is just, it sounds, I don't know. It, it, it sounds like a rat's nest my, or something. My brown starfish? No, I like asshole. I just, brown starfish is even worse because it's like, <laughs> it's got a seafood connotation. You know, if you're not in the mood for seafood, that's really. I'm winking violet. Oh, God. That's. <laughs> heard that before that's horrible um so about facial hair yeah uh you had me grow out a beard recently yeah it was fantastic you have a great face for growing a beard i no, hated it no bald patches nothing it's like from your nostrils down below your adam's apple to the hollow of your neck you're just hair yeah well that's really i don't know why i don't like I mean, it, first off, it made me feel less submissive, first of all. That was one thing that surprised me. It made me feel like a... And every time I walk by, it's it's just a, a, a mirror. I thought, God, who's the douche? I'm like, oh, God. And I think it's because we're... In New York, a lot of hipsters wear beards and have facial hair. And I'm not saying all hipsters are douches. Well, yes, all hipsters are douches, but obviously not all hipsters uh, or all bearded people are hipsters right but yeah i'd say that probably the majority of your associations in life should probably be not with hipsters because <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been around hipsters for the vast majority of right, your life right but at the same time i'm just like oh god damn hipsters. what you told me was that it made you feel dirty it and did. not sexy yeah i did not first of all i want to stress i don't sit there and feel I'm, not, I'm like, I'm feeling really sexy today. I don't ever feel that, right? No, but you were heavily distracted by it, right. even during sexy times. And I was just like, mm, it's, it, I felt dirty and I felt unattractive. I felt very unattractive. I know. I sat on your face and you didn't even do anything. That's not true. Nope. You didn't even open your mouth. You're just like, it hurts. And you pouted. It was just, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. <laughs> It was just very, it's really gross. You looked so good. And it. I want to stress. And it felt so nice on my thighs. I went down on you. And because the beard soaked up more of your wonderful, amazing secretions. Grief. <laughs> I had to put secretions right in there with bung. Right. Okay. <laughs> Let's not call them vaginal secretions. What would you like them? Juices is kind of gross. The word juices? I'm better with juices than I am secretions. Okay. That makes me sound more like a slug. <laughs> a sea cucumber. It's true. So, but but afterwards, you didn't want to make out with me. 
unless I had to go to the bathroom and like wash my face. So I'm like that. That's another reason not to like a beard, right? So I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, all signs point to this being better without the. That's all I'm saying. Um, I like the beard, and I can't promise that I'll never make you grow another one. Uh, I love you. <laughs> you better. Another note, you've been, so because you've been in school and you've been working less, right? Um, you've also been making a lot of, you know, when I first met you, almost all of your friends, had, where there was some sort of connection to the scene, right? Because you worked, you were pro and you were, all of your friends were either pros or people associated with the scene in some way. Um, and almost, I think almost everyone that I met at the time when we first started dating were connected to the scene for obvious reasons. Um, since you've been in school, you've been making more friends that were outside of that. I don't circle. know. I don't know that I'd say more. There's a couple of people I'm friendly with and there's sure. one person I consider a friend now, but I mean, I don't spend a significant amount of time socializing at school. Right. But the, re the reason why I was going to ask you this is that, you know, um, and when you're meeting these people, eventually you do tell them either about a relationship or about your your pro gig. What has the reaction been when you tell them that? You've got one friend in particular, E, we'll call her. We'll call her E. And when you told her, what was her reaction? I don't remember. <laughs> must not have been that exciting right um, well, how do you bring it up i think the first time we got coffee together after class turned into dinner and you and i were recently engaged and so the topic of conversation kind of revolved around relationships and then sex and mm -hmm. lacks of relationship and lacks of sex do you do women talk about sex early on in their friendship like that you know, it's been my experience, and maybe it's just me, but whether or not the person is kinky or out in any way, shape, or form, or sexually adventurous, my conversations with them usually touch upon sex, yes. And maybe that's just because I'm so open to the subject. But so, but her reaction was not, like, negative. I'm wondering, the reason why I'm asking is because I'm also wondering if if the attitude towards BDSM has changed dramatically in the past few years, maybe. Maybe I'm just an excellent spokesperson. It's good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's what it's going to say on your book cover. Maybe I'm just an excellent spokesperson. Um, but she didn't doesn't seem wigged out, you know. When whenever I've in interacted with her, you know, just didn't seem like it was a. Do the, is there usually a big litany of questions that go along with it, or? I think especially when women openly admit to being the dominant one in their relationship, that may or may not raise eyebrows. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about how the male is happy in his role as submissive mm -hmm. in the relationship, that begs more questions. Because one, one of the common things I've heard and read, too. Let's just say they're not great questions they're coming at me with. They're kind of like confused in the moment, just blurting things out right. that may or may not make sense. And so you have to clarify for them. Well, one, one of the common things I hear um, whenever I hear 
either submissive women or um, just women in general reacting to the idea of a relationship with a submissive guy is one of the most common threads uh, that I hear is that they, oh, I, I, I need someone who can fuck me. I don't, you know, I don't need. You know, I don't think anyone, kinky or otherwise, has ever asked me whether or not you fuck good. Or if you fuck me to satisfaction after I told them that you were submissive. Well, but Maybe it's just me and they just assume that I wouldn't settle for anybody who but, couldn't fuck me in a satisfactory manner. That begs the question. Has, have you ever been in any relationship with a friend, any, any female friend, who ever said, regardless of the guy you were with, have they ever said, does he fuck you to your satisfaction? Yeah. <laughs> Those... <laughs> That's that's very funny. How what how does that I've never cuz no I've no guy has ever asked me that. No woman has ever asked me that. Like really? And and you're in a relationship with this person? Do they fuck you to your satisfaction? <laughs> I'm not saying that's verbatim. No, right now, but still. But yeah, I've been asked that in previous relationships. Like how how does that So is it If because, they're asking that question, usually the answer is no. Is it because you seem frustrated or? Yeah, we were probably bitching about our relationships. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very, that's very funny. Um, You're the most satisfying lover I've ever had. Oh, well, that's very, the, the feeling is mutual. This actually kind of, this brings us to a lot of the questions that people asked. Would you like some of my Coca-Cola? Sure, I'll have some Coca-Cola. Mm, this episode, cold. this episode brought to you by Coca Cola, fucking you to satisfaction. <laughs> since, all right. So here's some questions from from people who uh, on Twitter, on on the blog, and all over. All right. So this is actually these are actually two different questions. So I'm going to ask them both so that because they kind of cover the same thing. Number one, Saad, your audience has heard you explain the start of your relationship with Saad. Actually, they're saying this to me. Um. I'd love to hear it from her perspective, especially the part about her calling you to come back because you left water all over the bathroom floor. Uh, and when did you realize and you were the one? Well, first of all, the the story of you asking me to come back to do the bathroom, that's already been told on the show. People maybe should go back. You know, they can go back there. You, know, you can just do a, a search in the Massacast website for the word sod. And you'll be able to see the... Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure we discussed it. I mean... It wasn't calling you back per se. You were out running an errand that was part of your chores. And I went to check your work in the bathroom and saw that there was water dripping on the floor because you didn't put a towel under the laundry you hung up. Right. And I felt like punishing someone that day and not entirely making up the reason why. <laughs> and so Today I'm not going to entirely <laughs> fabricate the reason. Yes. And you were doing such a good job that I had to be... Um, really scrutinous and right. finding something to punish you for so the whole story is you can go back right but you can mm -hmm. go and then so and then there's that second part of that question and then ferns asked this question as well which is along the same lines um why why you meaning why me uh and how long before sod went yeah him obviously it was mutual but i want to hear it from her perspective how long and why I don't think we celebrate that anniversary. We have. I mean, we have several <laughs> anniversaries we you celebrate. You have so many goddamn things you like to celebrate. But what, it's our anniversary today. What? 
No. Yeah, it's not. the first time you told me. I mean, <laughs> I still have it written down, the date in which we first watched Mystery Science Theater 3000 together. That's a big seminal moment. But, okay, back to the question. Why me? Well. And how long before you went? Yeah, on what him. level are we talking about? On the chemical level, you don't repulse me. In fact, you attract me. <laughs> I'm glad you finished it with that sentence. I'm not of neutral like, towards you. You, you. Don't, you don't repulse me, so I figured I'd marry you. Yeah. Okay, so on the chemical level, when we first met, you were, I don't want to make this sound like this one big stroke fest for me, but, you know. Uh, so, but why, why me? Is it just, it's not a why not. It's just, there's obviously something, no? Oh, there's chemistry. I'm, so I'm, I'm attracted to you physically. You're a handsome guy. You're funny. You're not stupid. Most of the time. <laughs> you're not going to say I'm smart, but you're definitely <laughs> saying I'm not stupid. Which is great. I don't want to stroke your ego too right. much. <laughs> you do try to argue with me sometimes, but you use too many fallacies, which you refuse to acknowledge. Um. <laughs> I've fallacied myself. That's how good I am at it. <laughs> yeah. But from from your perspective, maybe I think what she's asking is is you know the probably like maybe the relationship part instead of just why did I want to be in a relationship with you? Yeah. Well, in. I, I, I could be wrong, but I think I think Ferns might be asking this question because it's possible she has been in this situation a number of times where she, uh, and I'm just I'm leading here. This she's not coming out and saying this, but from what I know of Ferns, I have a feeling maybe she's been presented with opportunities to be with guys before that, and she just couldn't fathom being with them, or she just couldn't decide, or it was too difficult to decision. What was it for you that made it an easy decision? It wasn't an easy decision, if you'll remember. I was recently out of a very bad relationship, or at least one that ended very badly. It wasn't a very bad relationship. It just ended really badly. And up until that point, I'd had lots of men serve me in various ways into various extents of devotion and some of them were very handsome and some of them weren't but even with the ones who were very handsome there was something that was missing on a chemical level it's like I didn't want them to be intimate with me mm. I liked being intimate with them because that's a big part of kink but it's something entirely different when you let somebody be intimate with you mm -hmm. and I guess there is Beyond attraction, there was a lot of trust too. Right, but on the in the grand scheme of things, we did move in together pretty quickly. Yeah, on the grand scheme of things, it was like a week. No, <laughs> it was. It was not even a cosmic week. <laughs> right, right. It was pretty. It was pretty. But it was like a couple months. It was a few months. Yeah, within six months of you first starting serving me, we were living together. Yeah, and you were my perma bitch. <laughs> But so so it was just something you naturally f f happened, or was there a, like a decision where you? you kind I don't of... know. I I was in denial about my feelings about you for, I think many of my friends would say, since the beginning. What do you, What do you mean <laughs> denial? Um, I don't know this part. This is. 
Well, for example, Widow started calling you my boyfriend before she ever even met you. Really? Yeah. And then especially after the first time she met you. Why? <laughs> because... Because for the same reason that people heard our first Massacast interview, which was months before you even started serving me and months still before we started dating, that people heard the chemistry. It's the chemistry between us is just obvious. <laughs> it just is, man. I have to say, because um, when I recorded, when we recorded, sat down at that, there were so many times that is the first interview. I'm sure there have been other instances but that was the first interview where I was physically turned on almost the entire interview. Our chemistry even predates that. It was it was there the very first moment we met. And it was recognized by other people yes. in that very first introduction. So much so that my boyfriend at the time said, you guys would be perfect with each other. Right. But he meant it as a, as a play thing, right? And he did at first, and then before I'd even spend any more time with you, he became obsessed with the idea that we were perfect for each other, and so he'd bring you up quite often. Was there an incident or some kind of trigger, this is from a friend of yours, uh, in particular that, that made you want to stop modeling? You used to model. You used to be on the runway, right? Yeah. Well, which Runway, editorial, various things. That It just seems like such a horrible job to have. Personally, it just sounds, I mean, it sounds like extremely tedious. Um, but what was it? Was there an incident in, in particular that made you stop doing it? Yeah. Yeah, it was when I did a gig for Wella. What's, what's Wella? Wella is like hair, hair dyes, big fancy salon, you know, whoever. And she cut my hair on stage for a demonstration. And I left that place with black and fuchsia hair in an asymmetrical cut that was above my ear on one side of my head and below my hairline and jaw on the other side of my head. So there was absolutely no consideration for my future work. Right. You know, she did not consult me about this cut being like this and she didn't do it neatly. Like she didn't shave to have it all nice and clean or anything. It was just, That's a, it was a look how alternative and extreme we can make this girl look in the snap of a finger, right. you know, and I have fine hair, but it's very, very plentiful. So my hair doesn't do right. short, weird haircuts very well. And yeah, I mean, they didn't pay me enough for, what I had to go through to get my hair to be even remotely decent again after that. I wore a bandana around my head for about six months while it grew out. And then bleaching the black and fuchsia out was a fucking nightmare. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm surprised. That, oh, clearly I don't know anything about it. But I guess that's not technically the last thing I did. The last job that I did was runway. Where I wore a gold lame Dolce & Gabbana swimsuit and an enormous headpiece. Sorry. And I was walking down the runway to, what is that Gwen Stefani song, The Shit is Bananas? Right. And before that show had started, I had had to go out into a fire escape stairwell with three people 
I did not know, stripped down to my thong and let them spray tan me. Jesus Christ. And I was just like, I fucking hate this. I hate the, <laughs> I hate the fashion world and what it stands for in general. I mean, I'm all for brilliant textiles and, you know, the innovation that comes out of it. But having, having people strive to look like sketches. Yeah. You know, and I'm five foot ten in my bare feet. So you put me in heels and I can be anywhere over six feet tall. Mm-hmm. I've always had a slender frame bordering on athletic because of my broad swimmer shoulders. But when I was 18 and modeling, I still had my teenage metabolism. Yeah. So there really was no great fluctuation in my weight. I was just this skinny kid that wasn't packing anything on or anything, but they at 125 pounds. So 5'10", 125 pounds is fairly fucking thin yeah you know when you're talking about body mass index and they wanted me to lose another 10 pounds and you know and being surrounded by really vapid people with empty comments like i'm the modeling industry that i was part of did not look healthy to me and so well it's a good reason to get out of it um another another question Mm -hmm. i'm a submissive female this is the this is the email. I'm not I'm not changing my gender in front of you. This is Aww. sorry. I'm you a submissive. Look so good in my underwear if you just wear them. <laughs> I'm a submissive female who's not too experienced in kink kinky play, not like you guys, but I have dabbled around. Since it seems like you both have experience playing with female subs as a couple, and my main experiences have been playing with couples, excuse me, playing with a couple, I thought I'd ask about that. Saad, do you have limitations for acts when playing with female subs? Are there things he isn't allowed to do with her? And if so, what drives that? I only ask because the couple I've played with has some restrictions, which frustrates me sometimes. I know it's selfish, but it's a, I know it's a selfish frustration, but sometimes I just want his cock in me and not her strap on. Not that I mind that at all. Just curious. Well, you put more restrictions on your interactions with threesome partners than I ever did. Well, it was very early on when we were doing, we haven't had a threesome in quite a while, but. A couple months. It's been, <laughs> been like six, it's been like six months, whatever. It's I'm not counting. It's a whole lot more recent than a lot of people. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> but early on, um, it was because I didn't know what it would feel like. And I wanted to put that boundary on early. And the funny part was you the roles were almost reversed because I said, nah, I'll do anal. Like if you want to DP her, I'll do anal and you can be in the vagina, whatever, but I'd rather not be in the vagina right now, just because I don't know how that's going to feel. Right. And you said, but you have a condom on. It's not going to be the same. You were like the dude. And it's like, <laughs> come on. Um, uh, and I think like after, after like a few times, of doing that, I even said, you know, if we got in that position where you wanted me to do that, I, I could do that, but it would be. Well, if you're going to make me fucker, no, I it's guess not, I'll fucker. It's not so much that. I think it's because <laughs> I, I experienced it differently because it was, it was different than what I, and I, I'm not saying if you brought a woman home tonight, I would feel comfortable fucking her. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it really depends on the person, number one, because I need to be able to know that it's not about that this is going to sound like an asshole thing it's not about that person it's about you and i does that make sense 
you'll fuck her for me, but not for her. No, nah, it doesn't. So uh, it's it's hard. To, it's really hard to put into words without sounding like an asshole. But because it's not like I didn't, I haven't wanted to have sex with the people we've had threesomes with. It's not that at all. It's it needs to be like I'm an extension of you instead of me acting on my own. Does that make sense? That makes more sense. Okay. Yes. I know I'd event, I'd find the right answer after exhausting all our other options. <laughs> you put all the standard restrictions on there, like the one she's talking about of uh, not riding the dick, no mouth kissing. I don't know. Like, what were the restrictions? You said you didn't want to put your penis inside anybody else's vagina but mine. Correct. Um, but. But basically it came down to like if I was, I mean, and it's evolved, right? It definitely evolved. Like if you brought a woman home and you said, I want to play with her, let's play. And you said you wanted me to fuck her, I could do that. I don't know if I could mouth kiss another woman, but you know. Um, what? I'll fuck her, but I won't kiss her. No, but it's, <laughs> kissing is very intimate, don't you think? It's very... Yes, it you know. is very intimate. Um, <laughs> Much like sticking your dick inside but someone. It, but it's a difference because, like, if you... Mm, I don't know. Anyway. If they feel different from you, I can respect that. Usually my restrictions revolve around fluid boundaries. Mm-hmm. I like to have fun and not get sick. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's where my restrictions come from. Yeah. Um, if I'm inviting somebody into the bed... I don't know that I've ever felt emotionally threatened by any activities, maybe in part because you preemptively put your own restrictions on things that might have possibly made me jealous. So I've just never been in that situation. So you were giving me shit about putting restrictions when in reality, if I hadn't put restrictions on, you might have felt uncomfortable. I might have. You're welcome. (laughs) But I mean, it is a tricky thing. I, uh, I, because Guess we'll never know what whether or not I would have felt jealous. Right, right. No, I'm fine with. Uh, so get your cock out of this woman that's in our bed. Right, My I, cock goes in there. Right. Oh, well, I mean, so for for this for this listener who emailed for her to understand where the drive comes, it's all about protecting the couple, probably. Right. Or I mean, that's kind of the and yeah. protecting the dynamic that she wants to. It sounds like the female may be the dominant. That she's that they're going to see. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I like we've been in situations too where you've really gotten off on me doing something that you know I did well or something like that because you wanted to have a certain effect on the third party. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, I'd like to. I guess share the love. There was a time early on when sharing you with my friends was like sharing a good CD. <laughs> right. <laughs> right well you didn't share me with a lot of your friends i mean and, and sharing is, is there's a loose term yeah it's not like you had me fuck a bunch of your friends right i mean no because a lot of them turned you down because they're like no you two you two have too much potential as like a, a real thing right like i don't want to get in the middle of that right but you know they enjoyed you and other ways and at other times, but instead of enjoying you independently, they always enjoyed you with me. That's we, uh, I want, has that changed because our relationship changed? Cause it's not like you're sitting, you haven't been sitting, 
I, I want to stress because I don't want any confusion. It's not like we're sitting around. One of your friends comes over and you're like, you want him to go down on you? You know, that's not that's not what totally happened in the beginning. <laughs> you did offer me to go down on some of your friends. Several of them. And they all said no. I remember thinking like, oh, that's too bad. Is it, <laughs> did you did you because I wouldn't mind being like your friend's tongue. Like yeah, there was on. there was a whole JOJ that was dedicated. to. Yeah, me. I remember that. Me thinking about pimping you out. <laughs> that was a big turn on for you for a while is just the idea of pimping me out yeah uh I, did, did you finally do do the re- market research and realize that guys don't have to be <laughs> women don't need a guy to do well the only people i was interested in pimping you out to were sexually frustrated kinky women who wanted a sexually competent and attractive person to engage with you know, if they wanted to fuck just anybody, they could do that any time. But, you know, finding somebody that's kinky and fuckable is something else altogether. What are your rates? <laughs> you can't afford them. Can I, can, I, can I pay on behalf of someone? Like if I wanted to pay for you for like a, an anniversary gift or maybe on our wedding night to get you something special, get you me something special on our wedding night. <laughs> I've got a special wedding gift for you. It's me. <laughs> I don't think that would work very well. Good news. You get commission on your own. By the way, can I borrow money to... Uh, so, yeah. So, there you go. There's the... Uh, next question. I've heard Saad say... And this is... I'm including this because apparently there might be some confusion. Uh, I've heard Saad say that she has trained you to come on her verbal command, possibly even without any additional stimulation. Please ask her to explain for us exactly what this training involves and requires and how long it took to get to that point where it worked reliably. I assume it's a form of operant conditioning. (laughs) During the training, did she have to use any negative reinforcement? And then there's a follow-up for that. So let's just address the possibly without any stimulation. (laughs) Right. That is not the case. I am not specialized in hypnosis. I understand it from an academic standpoint quite thoroughly. But I personally have had little to no training in the inductive arts. (laughs) And so I have not, as of yet, hypnotized you to come without any stimulation. I have, however, met other persons in the past who... um, claim such a capacity right like you put on a triggering device and then do something like the person i'm thinking of would put on a pearl collar and that would kind of trigger the hypnosis that he'd been trained under and then he'd he'd play with his nipples and in his mind he wouldn't ejaculate he would have an orgasm that was as close to what he imagined a female orgasm could be so take Take that as you will. Right. Uh, so what? So but what, no, you require stimulation. Can you explain <laughs> what it is, though? What what is? Well, because they wanted to. Know, the question was, um, please what, explain exactly how, what this training involves and requires. And well, first of all, it requires somebody that's willing to actually listen to you when you tell them not to come without permission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's step number one. Uh, Step number two is reinforcing that demand, 
Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say no classical conditioning, no operant conditioning with that. It was I don't know, it's been so long. So what did we do? It was just Well you so I'll, just I'll read would the... do exactly what I told you to and you manifested that into this deeper thing of requiring my permission in order to come it's pretty much required i mean i can do it but you tell me that you have to like go into your mind's eye and like picture me giving you the permission i need to go into my uh mind prism no your mind palace my mind palace my mind palace and access all the times that she gave me permission to come bbc one of those will work for me (laughs) so here's the here's the the second part of the question from the same person and from your side my side uh, what does this affect, aside from the obvious, how does this affect you? When you hear her command that you orgasm, what do you feel? What do you think? Does it drive you into an uh, instant subspace? What does she give you? When she gives you the command, does it require you to focus sharply on making it happen? Uh, when she gives you the command, are you able to prevent coming if you want to? Okay, See, so This is all about self-control. It's not about conditioning. I feel like a better question for conditioning would really be... Uh, training somebody to experience painful things as pleasurable, arousing things. That that takes more conditioning than just the self-control of not coming without permission. Right. I mean, so for me, it's to put this into, to basically, you know, wrap up of what it is. It's basically, I've never been really a premature ejaculator, but I have, especially with you have had to be, had to pace myself a lot more. And yes, you can't I'm saying come whenever you want. I'm saying you well, in the past I've I've never been like I'll just come whenever I want. No, I mean I I you obviously want to please your partner, right? But with you, it's very easy for me to forget and to not to I mean to get lost in the moment, I should say, right? And get closer to the point of no return than I have with any other partner. And so it's a matter of like it's really easy to get swept away with you, right? So um for me, when she says, because she doesn't order me not to anymore, you don't really, or you don't have to say, don't, you know, don't come. I do sometimes. Yeah, but for the most part, you really. Usually you, it's you being really, really close and asking for permission and me saying no. Right, right. <laughs> you don't have to like say, don't you dare, you know, you don't have to cut me out. So for me, it's basically uh, this only being able to, when she says so, kind of helps you kind of pace yourself because I'm not as opposed to if, if you didn't say anything, that means I wouldn't know. Okay. I'm not, you know, as far as the pacing goes, being able to take deep breaths to keep going. And you don't want to have to slow the whole pace down, especially if you're like, if you are really close to having an orgasm and at the same time, sod is in the middle of, or just starting one or in the middle of one, the, the last thing I want to do is slow down, right? So it's a matter of keeping the same pace and breathing and, you know, keeping the, you know, keeping everything going as planned without pausing it. Does that make sense? Was, no. I, was I rambling? No? Yeah, I don't think you really drew that full circle. So when you, when you say, okay, now, when you say, when you give me the command, what happens a lot is that, all of a sudden I feel this spark of, you know, I go from zero 
to a thousand, right? Not quite zero. Well, okay. I go from I go from on a scale of one one to a hundred. I go from fifty to to ninety, right? Um, a lot of the time, that's just how it works. Yeah, it's sort of like it's basically you not only saying, "Okay, you have pleasured me." Now here's your reward, but, this, but it's like yeah. This goes back to your your willingness to follow commands. Um, here we go, another one. Uh, as a forward, muddling through this stuff has been great fun for us. Uh, feel free to verbally flog me. Blah 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 blah. A couple of times now, my partner has good naturedly accused me of topping from the bottom. I have to cop to it in my defense. Number one, somehow I'm his introduction to kink. He's had more par- partners than I have had. And is a few years older, but I'm apparently the first to let him slash encourage him to play around here. Uh, maybe it means around the kink sphere. Maybe uh, if it wasn't really his thing, he would still play a little with me for the novelty of the exploration of it. But I'm pretty sure he's uh, taken to being domly. I think we both want to make the dom sub dynamic a little more extreme than it is. Do you have any special advice on how to? Sounds, I mean, I'll give you the the, the basic Cliffsnotes version. They are. Uh, she's had some experience being kink. He's, this is, he is her, uh, she, she is his first experience. They want to take things a little bit more extreme. And whenever she tries to kind of pick it up a notch, she gets accused of being, you know, topping from the bottom. Any, any advice in here? Well, I think a problem like that could in part be fixed by time. Mm-hmm. The more time they spend playing together and the more time they spend communicating and learning how best to communicate with each other in those types of scene dynamics the better they know each other the less they'll have to talk in the middle of a scene and the less it might be construed as topping from the bottom when she asks for what she wants we all know that communication is so important in a scene but you know when you're new or you're playing with somebody new or trying to express yourself in a new fashion then there's a learning curve to that and you know there just may be certain phrases that make what you're asking for seem more like a command or a demand than a request. You know, maybe it's just a matter of throwing a please, sir, in there. That's a, do you think this might be also a good example of maybe planning, even though it's, that's not as sexy sometimes, but planning out the scene ahead of time so that you both make sure you get kind of... Well, you know, that that only gets you so far because in the middle of a scene, you may need to communicate that you can take more, that you want to take more. Right. And it's just a matter of learning how to best communicate that to your top in a way that they don't find offensive. That's a good... And since he's fairly new to this, he may not exactly know what that is yet. Right. So you just kind of have to experiment with different kinds of... DS protocols and figure out how he likes to be addressed in a scene. Because if he's playing, you know, even though he's topping you, if you, you say if he's playing casually, you know, it'd have a, a less demanding tone to the conversation. That's a good point. But if you want to step up the DS and make it more intense or whatever, you know, go make with it the more strict. Yeah, go with some stricter speech restrictions, you know, maybe only speaking about yourself in third person, you know, that might turn him on Um, having a scene name for him, whether you call him daddy or sir or master, whatever turns him on. Yeah, Yeah. 
I'm just, you know, throwing some slang in there. Right. Uh, you could. I'm just saying, in that way, you could ask the same question in a way that isn't offensive, a, or make the same request in a way that's not offensive to the dynamic of the scene. That's a good point. As long as both people are cool with it, you know, it's all good. Uh, just a couple more questions. Mm-hmm. I know this is late. We've had a long day, but here we go. Uh, it's been ten years since Saad appeared in the New York scene. What were your life plans before uh, your when you first before you started? Uh, and before me, X, right? And uh, considering the last 10 years, what are your plans now? So before I found the scene, I was experimenting with which direction in medicine I would like to go. So I was mm-hmm. working in various doctor's offices and trying to get a feel for what their daily life would be like if I went into that profession. I had no intention of getting married. I thought I'd be probably like a serial monogamous throughout my life, maybe experiment with some other things. And, but ultimately I kind of saw myself retiring to a castle as a single woman with about 10 to 15 foster children. So you'd be Angelina Jolie, is basically what you're saying. I was not basing this on Angelina Jolie. This was before Angelina Jolie started her little rainbow family. She was, this was more of a Josephine Baker oh, fantasy. Oh, okay. She stole the idea from you then. Uh, uh, another same person, different different question. Axe, I've gotten great joy of observing your change in status from slave to property to boyfriend to fiance and now so very soon to husband and partner for life. How has being in a relationship with you changed her life? Better for sure, but is there any downside to being in a relationship with you? And what are your pl- what are her plans to improve you? Well, if I could get you to go get a monthly manicure and pedicure, that'd be a win. Okay, see, Mr. that's good, Mister. Tear my nails off and I'm a ignore them. Otherwise, pretty manly. Uh, it's pretty manly how I do it. But um, I think it'd be more manly if you chewed them off, <laughs> chewed off your toenails. Oh, I think I'd need a hip replacement Pew. or something. What? Spit um, them into a bucket. Are, are there any other aspects downside to a relationship with me? I imagine first off, I you know, the fact that I'm not like uh, a cuckold probably is a downside for you, maybe. I don't know that I'd call that a downside. Yeah, well, cuckolding is something that I'm interested in and something that I kink on pretty hard, but it's not a deal breaker for me. Should, you know, I don't I do, don't consider the fact that you're not a cuckold to be a downside to the relationship. We just need to figure out a way for you to cheat on me with me. Maybe I can get like a fake beard or something. Can do some voiceover training. Hi. I'm here to sleep with you. Is your hus- your husband's gone? I'm sure that would really turn you in. Yeah. Uh, next question. I'm curious about finding kinky people on OkCupid in general, not just couples. Do either of you think it's a place to find interesting kinky individuals? If so, is there some sort of secret code, uh, for lack of a better term, that tips this interest? I am no expert on online dating. I didn't even have an OkCupid profile until we set one up as a couple rather recently. So I'm the last person that anybody should ask. But there are lots of kinky people we know who have had very successful hookups and prolonged play arrangements and just straight up friendships that have come out of 
such profiles. Also, I would say, I mean, if you don't feel comfortable, like making it very obvious on your profile by saying BDSM or something like that, you know, a lot of people do, you can make multiple accounts on, you know, OkCupid, you can make an account for your dog or, you know, whatever. But actually, you shouldn't. That's not not a bad idea. Totally, totally horrible idea. You don't want the people that would respond to that. Yes, good point. Um, Someone else's dog account would maybe. So the... um, you know, you can make a separate account with different pictures of yourself uh, that's more kink related. But uh, you can also just say it right if that's what you're interested in. In the early emails, say it to the person if they're I'm not just having. Say, I'm a very freaky girl, right? The kind you can take home to mother. <laughs> oh wow! Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd say that's the that's the way. It's good. That brings us to the last segment here, and that is, you know, we do have a profile on OkCupid that we really haven't logged on in a long time we went on some dates and had some play dates and stuff but shortly after we made that profile and kind of picked who we wanted to to go out with um from the responses that we got and so on and so forth that was like right around when we got engaged right and you don't get to enjoy being engaged for very long before wedding planning becomes a priority and you know i really felt like we needed to finish what we started with the whole getting married thing before we thought about incorporating other people into our relationship yeah um we still get emails and i i basically if they seem like they've thought it out and they seem like a nice person i'll just reply hey thanks we're kind of working on our wedding right now but uh once things slow down we'll we'll stay in touch I don't say we'll definitely contact you, but you know, I want to, they've took the, if they took the time to write something nice or whatever, then I'll just do a quick reply, but you know, no promises. Type That's of thing. very good. of you. Um, but I, uh, didn't you say we got a pretty funny one recently? We have, you didn't read it to me. I'm going to be reading several of the funny ones right now to you. These are some real, these are actual emails from actual listener mail. Paul, um, so some of these are good. You'll be able to tell some of these are bad, but you know, just kind of interesting. You can kind of see for yourself. I eliminated some of the really just the, the cop. I, I removed all of the ones that were clearly just a copy and paste, right? Here we go. While I love your po- profile, I'm a real submissive, especially with spanking. I can take a pretty good beating. I was meant to be shared. So interesting, right? Uh, here's another one. I know you said no males, but isn't closed-mindedness the worst thing that can happen in the world? You seem to understand that. No, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of things worse <laughs> than sexual closed-mindedness. Is it, that's akin to me going to, let's say, uh, a lesbian party and saying, wait, you're not going to fuck me? Isn't that kind of closed, closed-minded of you? Isn't that the same? It's just, I thought it was right. Uh, next one. Hmm. You look like a you look like a good a really good. This is I think a copy and paste, but I left it in for obvious reasons. Hmm, you look like a really good girl. And by the way, I'm, I'm, you can't. I'm not being able to in, indicate the misspellings. I don't know if we should be friends, spelled F R N D S, because I don't want to corrupt or influence you with my bad intentions. Well, they're actually fun and satisfying ideas. AKA, I smoke a little pot, drink a little on the weekends. Plus, I have a. a I try to have a powerful and blissful lovemaking sessions. 
with real and cute women. But I don't lie to women. Don't spell it with D-N-T. Don't play games, also, D-N-T. And I don't have time for O's. No. <laughs> I was going to say, this person don't have time for me because right. they don't have time to spell. And I, and I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm very blunt and pretty gosh darn funny. Humor and sarcasm are big to me. I have off, I have off work this week on a well-deserved vacation. Let me know if you want to talk a, a little. See if we could make a memorable and exciting summer day happen soon. Cheers, Scott. This person is really full of themselves. Yep. Hi, if I met you and your boyfriend and we all headed off, is there any chance you'd be interested in getting together with another couple without your boyfriend at some point? Not particularly. <laughs> He's basically saying, do you want to fuck me and my girlfriend? And, you know, whatever. Uh, hello, I love being a toy for a couple. Very energetic sub-female. Love her mouth, by the way. Love being ties up, etc. Love being ties up, etc. I've got a better tied up joke. <laughs> Bad spelling message from MySpace many, many years ago. Somebody said something about being tied up. They they spelled it about like the laundry detergent. Right. I'm like, oh, yeah. I just <laughs> love the fantasy of being covered and tied and then yeah, just, lather it all up and we're all soapy and tied. It's just love the, the tingle of bleach all over my... Uh, another one? Mm -hmm. Sadist? How much pain should one expect? To which I didn't reply, but I wanted to reply, 32. <laughs> 32 pain. No, 36. 36 at least, pain. At least 36. At pain. least 36. To start off, and then maybe it might increase to blue or orange, but it'll never go Camaro. You know, or whatever. Uh, and she has a cute mouth. Personally, I think I got a pretty mouth. We had a, a lot of, and I'm leaving out, there's a lot of sincere ones too. What I'm surprised at, and I want to, well, none of these are really questions though. What do you want me to say to this? I just wanted to read them to you because I you just want to tell me that people want to fuck me. No, I want to tell you that this is really, maybe, hey, maybe these people want to fuck me too. No. That's, that's <laughs> incredibly. So are you saying it's clear that, that you've drained all the sexual energy out of, out of my body and it's only for you is that what you're saying uh so i want to i want to bring this up again is that we still get emails from women every single time we get one i'm still shocked because uh i remember when you were writing it i remember telling you sod this is way too graphic <laughs> this is filthy and no woman is going to respond to this because I know, you know, I've I've had all variations of types of profiles out there. And I was like, Saad, take it from me. Learn from my wisdom that women do not respond to this extreme filth. And what I realized is that I was right and you were right. I was right in that if a guy wrote this, he would never. <laughs> but maybe it's just the way you wrote it. I'm sure it's a bit partially because of the way you wrote it. But also women have said, you know, I really enjoyed reading your profile, especially that last part. And every time they're like, what? How could I be so wrong about women? How could I be so wrong about women? I mean, like, I really enjoyed reading, especially that last part about the... Skull fucking. Skull fucking. I can't remember what it... I don't know. Well, it was, it was, you'd 
make them go down on me while you beat me and then you'd fuck them afterwards. I mean, it was, but the way you put it was just, I remember thinking, Saad, this is never going to work. This is never going to work. And it, it's truly, it's it's quite the opposite has happened, which is funny. But uh, thank you very much for doing this. You're welcome. Boom. There you have it. Um, and thanks to everyone who emailed your questions in. I appreciate it. If we didn't get to your question, uh, I apologize. We ran out of time. But uh, so many great questions out there. And maybe we'll do a, a part two or something like that in the future. Uh, go to massacast.com, Click on donate if you like what you hear. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.